Well, I don't know how to explain this except no, that's crazy. That couldn't be. It couldn't what? be. What? What is it? No, it, it's it it's crazy. Forget it. Okay, I'll oh. tell you. When I was younger, mm-hmm. my my grandmother okay used to tell me about this this mythical creature that would come in the night and snatch your podcast revenue. What? It was called Team Coco. <laughs> That's scary, right? <laughs> that, that is scary. They, I mean, we're we're obviously a small time podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we That's have the thing. Uh, it preys on 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 the 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 weak the weakest right. podcasts. That's right. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. I um. I mean, I've heard of Team Coco. Uh, you know, my, my grandmother, uh, she told me, um, you know, like different, um, different, different, uh, mythologies when I was younger. I did hear about team Coco. Uh, grandma told you a bunch of different (laughs) mythologies. Yeah. She, she was kind of from all over the place. Yeah. She's a bit of a, bit of a dole is all right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, when all that stuff about Rachel Dolezal was coming out, uh, my grandmother uh, took her side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, it's true though. Every culture has their version, their own version of this. Uh, there's Team Coco. El right. uh, Come Town. Uh, oh God, El Come Town. Um, the, uh, the, uh, the the boys' dough. Sure, sure. Um, you know the uh, uh, the the smartless uh, fellas, those guys. You're. <laughs> I don't know where this is going. In. <laughs> El. Um, oh wait, mm, never mind. I was gonna say, oh El Barbaro, the guy who was the. Uh, there's that New York Times podcast everyone likes. Oh, I don't listen to that one. Yeah, me neither. Because <laughs> I'm not a. Not a loser. This week on King Me, we'll 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 trim it. This week on King Me, what's the what is it? This week on King Me, fear has many faces. This is the Outsider Part Two. King me. King me. Welcome to King Me, the official podcast. Uh, excuse me, the official Stephen King movie podcast. The official podcast of Kinging Me. Right. The official podcast of casting aspersions at other podcasts during a particularly weak podcast intro. <laughs> For yeah, shame. <laughs> you get a lot of that in like... Uh like uh hip hop, you know, like uh somebody who's like small time will try and like talk some shit about like some big time rapper and yeah. then, you know, try and get some clout off of that. Well, as they say, you come at the king, you best at least string a complete thought together. <laughs> yeah. You best come correct, which we have not. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Rob Dan. That's right. I'm Dan, you're Rob. That's right. We're here to 
once again and once and for all discuss the HBO series The Outsider from the year 2020. We were real sweet on the first half. Mm-hmm. The second half? Well, let's just say you texted me and said, this show fucks. <laughs> and I stand by that mm-hmm. statement, Dan. Mm-hmm. What? I think this show does indeed fuck. What was happening on screen at the moment that you were like, oh, yes. <laughs> um, I this think sh- it was like right around the time when our our, our ragtag group of um, monster uh, killers. Adult heading. Hardy boys is kind of what's happening <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah, Hardy. Just Hardy, hardy men. men. Hardy men and yeah. women. <laughs> and women. Um when they were like driving out to wherever that like uh, the cave system was, mm-hmm. um, I, I was I was all for it. I was I was very into what was happening leading up to it. Um, you were all for them going to the cave system. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then you said something in response. What did you say? You were like, it was no, it pretty normal. Or something. I, no, I it, it may have felt that way, like relatively, because you you went full bore, and I just said I'm really into it. So yeah, yeah. yeah. If you, which is if you grade like on a curve, I ba- I basically yeah. said I hate it. Yeah, you're like I'm really into it. And I'm like this guy doesn't doesn't like this at all. He's- yeah, if he really liked it, he would tell me it fucks. Right. <laughs> I. You know, contrary to the recent slander campaign against me, Mm -hmm. um, I actually did really like it. (laughs) Dander slander. Um. (laughs) Slander Dan. That's like Slender Uh Man. (laughs) Right, you're Slender Dan. Yes. Um, No, I really, obviously, I really liked it. You also really liked it. That's great. Mm-hmm. This is a We're rare back on the same page, <laughs> rare treat. Yeah. So you know, if you listen to, if you're a Patreon subscriber, you know that we recently had a falling out a that almost ended blow the up, podcast yeah. because we didn't agree precisely on on how not that on good a, a on short a story Stephen was. King short story Harvey's <laughs> yeah. Dream. Yeah, yeah. You head over to the Patreon here, listen to the King Me Babies episode. You can hear us have it out because you ranked it like 26 and I ranked it like 22 or 18. I think it was right. Yeah. It yeah. Was, I think yours was above 20, but it was, yeah, mm-hmm, it was around 18. Mm-hmm. It was off yeah. by like six spots or something. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as we stopped recording, you were like, yeah. Hey, I just want to say it was really fucked up what you did back there. <laughs> you really fucked me on that. <laughs> What, am I an asshole? You trying to make me look like an asshole? You're making me look like an asshole on record. <laughs> yeah, it, it got pretty. Uh, it got pretty dicey between us, but we're we're back. Mm. We're back all over. To- we agreed to never let a man or his dream come between us again. Yes, <laughs> I stand by it. That's uh, a pretty good one. What that episode or us disagreeing? Oh <laughs> no! The story. Oh well, I hate it. Um, you hate it more now. Yeah, I, I've had time to think about it, and it has cooled in that time. <laughs> oh, 
scandal. Yeah. The more I think about it, the more I forget about it. How about that? <laughs> That's mm-mm. you're you're now you're just going out of your way to be mean. <laughs> I'd like to see <laughs> I'd like to see you r- write a short story, get it published in the New Yorker. <laughs> how about you? How about you get back to me with what you've actually done to yourself? Why don't you try? Uh, Starting an electric car company and then buying a social media platform, huh? You can't fucking do it. You're not a billionaire. Uh, uh, we, uh, I think we're, but you know, you change the subject matter, but I think that yeah. tone uh-huh. is the tone I hear people who don't like this show in. Yeah. And they're like, disrespect to the author. <laughs> How could you do? Uh, uh. I know. He's, He's written dozens of novels. He has. Uh, I, I believe, uh, you know, on the Patreon, we're we're reading uh, The Outsider also. Mm-hmm. So check out the second part of that coming up next Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has written dozens. I believe, what is this, The Outsider? What did we say? 50 or 68? 58th. 58th, yeah. yeah. 58 books. And, yeah, and... I, we may have said it on that episode, but I think he's finally hitting his stride. <laughs> really, really tapped into something at yeah. last. Um, I will say, though, this does. Um, yeah. We'll get into our King Trope segment later, of course. But there this this story, as depicted yeah. on HBO, mm-hmm. bears a lot of the hallmarks of right. a Stephen King joint. Yes. So let's get uh, into it. Yeah, let's fucking talk about it. Uh, where, did we, where did everything leave off last last episode? I don't remember. Uh, me either, Dan. I couldn't possibly go back and listen. I couldn't. Couldn't even watch the um, episode or like look at the episode description. I suppose I could do that now while everyone's listening. Yeah, I mean, we could do all that. Um, Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> okay. So, episode five, one, two, three, four. They're not even numbered on. So, in episode five, um, Holly has. Uh, Holly Gibney, mm-hmm. famous detective. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, she has returned from New York where she met a another victim of The Outsider. Mm-hmm. Um, she's sort of tracing, she's doing contact tracing. How very yeah. apropos for these times we live in. <laughs> but she's contract contact tracing the outsider. That's right. So from Terry Maitland, she goes back and finds um, some that nurse, some other fucker whose name I can't remember. A nurse who worked mm-hmm. at the uh, the nursing home where Terry's dad was living. Mm-hmm. That nurse had been outsidered by a woman or the likeness of a woman in New York city. Um, right. cause he thought he made the mistake of thinking that in, in New York, he could, he could pull trim. Are you kidding? <laughs> in, uh, the biggest, the city, city of city. the city of Hotzos. You think you're just, <laughs> yeah. You think you and Ohio six is pulling a New York seven. That's the same chasm as Rob saying this show fucks and me saying I'm really into it. 
There's as much <laughs> distance between those two. Um, yeah, so that's true. So, so she goes and has that while she's talking to the woman in New York who the outsider impersonated, she right. speak, um, someone else who's visiting someone in the prison, like connects with her and they have a conversation. And the woman in the prison is basically like, I'm pretty, I heard, I couldn't help overhearing your conversation. I think what you're dealing with is El Cuco, the Mexican boogeyman. <laughs> right. And, and Holly and, being a seasoned private investigator thinks that's not a bad thought. You know, I, yeah. She's like, I will be looking further into El Cuco. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, um, that's kind of like, uh, where we pick up in episode five. Um, she right. is sort of just like going around looking for clues, trying to, I think, find where she sort of deduces that like this entity, mm-hmm. El Cuco, um, like seeks refuge near the sites of the killings. It's sort of established at this point that it is a monster that sort of feeds on human misery. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, the name of that episode five is Tear Drinker. Tear Drinker. That's pretty good. Oh, give me those tears. He's got a big cup that says male tears. Yeah. And then a second cup that says female tears. <laughs> yeah. And then obviously a cup that says, you know, lib tears. Lib tears. Uh, yes, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, uh, and then unfortunately a fourth mug that says child blood. Does eat the children too. Yeah, let's not forget it, that it wasn't part of the same set of cups. No, it was yeah. that, that that was a custom <laughs> red bubble order. Yeah, for sure. Um, no, I uh, so um, when so Holly Holly returns, she's she's coming back to Cherokee City to tell everybody what she found out. She hasn't told anybody over the phone. It's like kind of a big deal what she you know she wants to tell every she's also trying to like gather her thoughts you know Mm -hmm. um meanwhile uh you know no nobody has made any like sort of headway in the case whatsoever um more supernatural things you know uh they become more evident Mm -hmm. um, but which ralph Ralph does not yes detective ralph anderson um, who was like pretty quick to acknowledge that there's some like weirdness about this case yeah. really doubles down at every opportunity on, uh, at the idea that like, there's nothing supernatural happening here at right. the same time, his loving wife, Jeannie, um, was visited by this outsider, El Cuco. Mm-hmm. And so is like, fully on board with all this stuff. She's like, something fucked up is happening here. Right. And you need to get that through your thick skull. Right. That, that, that scene takes place after Holly's, uh, you know, meeting her mm. presentation okay. or whatever. But, uh, since we're talking about it, um, that was one of my favorite scenes in the, the whole show was when, uh, mayor Winningham, right. Mm-hmm. She, uh, when she, you know, uh, Holly is uh, showing the it, it, the she makes like a makeshift um, uh, UV light, and she shows like all that whatever that goop 
was on the the clothes in the barn is on the chair and the yeah. table. Um, so she shows that, and uh, you know, Mayor Winningham is obviously she's like distraught over it. Um, you know, and the whole time, all of this, like Ralph is like, yeah, you know, like his whole attitude is like that's really weird, but there has to be a logical explanation. Like every step of the way, he's like, that's really weird, yes. but. There's got to be something to it. And yeah, when Mayor Winningham is just like, Ralph, you need to get your head out of your ass. Yeah. And sort <laughs> of she like, like really fucking breaks it down for him. <laughs> what um, what Holly kind of says too, because like we should talk about this scene where she actually presents all this stuff also. Yeah. But sort of like her her whole presentation of this is like, it makes logical sense if you accept that the boundaries of reality are not as confined as you thought. Right. So, yeah, she talks to Alec Pelly, the private investigator who hired her on behalf of um, the Maitland family's lawyer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little com- convoluted. Howie. But Howie yeah. of... We love him. Love Howie. Um, and she, so basically it's like, she wants to meet with Pelly, Ralph, um, I guess Sablo, the, um, state detective. Yeah. And maybe some, maybe another person involved with the case, but, um, uh, yeah, it, hmm. Anyway, yeah, who, they yeah, yeah, well on. they open they open it up. Basically, um someone suggests that like I think everyone involved with is it is it Jeannie who says it? Ralph's wife? It says who's what? like who's like I think everyone who knew Terry yeah. should be involved in this. Like yeah, anyone who says specifically like the uh Terry's wife Glory should be there. Yeah. Uh and then, you know, with Glory comes uh Howie, the their attorney, um, and then uh, wasn't there? Could have sworn there was. Oh, and then um, the uh, Holly's. You know, I'm gonna call him her boyfriend. Um, and, yeah, I think that's fair to say. You know, they didn't make it official or anything, but but come uh, on, know, it's real. But com- it, uh, yeah, it's real. What they have is real. It is. Um, I love when he shows up and she's like. What the hell are you doing here? And then they both yeah, yeah. have a laugh. I know. She's just, she's just fucking with them. That was actually very nice. Because yeah. it does seem like one of those things that if you weren't, um, you know, if you weren't uh, on the same page about where you both were, you know, just showing up at somebody's like, you know, house or yeah. whatever the fuck is just like, that's weird and creepy and don't do it. Right. Then, but if, you know, if you guys are on the same page about everything and then. You know, that's that's just yeah, and it's fun. and it's established. It's been like three weeks tops since Terry yes. was killed, so it's right. like yeah, things have moved fast. But so everybody's there, um, and then uh, Jack Hoskins is sort of Jack he like Hoskins, yeah. So Jack in when we when last we saw him, he offered like a uh, a mea culpa to Ralph, where he's like. Yeah. 
hey, I know I'm, uh, I'm mean to you and I'm bad at my job, but <laughs> it's just because I'm a big piece of shit and I'm sorry. Right. And and because I acknowledge that actually you're the dick if you don't forgive me. <laughs> um, he didn't say that last bit, but he he calls yeah. he's under the influence of the outsider. The outsider has um, basically sort of like patched in to him through like yeah. this gross sore on the back of his neck. Yep. Um, and he's like influencing him. He's in his head. Um, yeah, it doesn't inf- seem like he has actual like control over him, but it is. Uh, we were talking about this last time. You brought it up how it's like it's sort of like a vampire familiar kind of a relationship. Yeah, and the the way it works seems to be like he's just inflicting horrible pain, both like physical and mental, on Hoskins. Right. And um, hey, if that isn't th- uh, the whole thing here where it's just like um if you like do thing if you do anything to just like alleviate your suffering and not you know what i mean like if you just if you because like hoskins is also like an alcoholic it's established later that he had like a shitty upbringing and stuff um so here's a guy who's just trying to numb the pain right right He's not trying to make. He's not trying to transcend anything. He's just trying to get through the day uh, with as little discomfort as possible. So he's doing anything this outsider asks. Outsider says, "Get me a bunch of lamps." He says, "I'll get you a bunch of lamps at the store. I'll bring them <laughs> to the woods." Right. I, I don't know where you're gonna plug them in. Um. He outsider says, "Get me a deer." I, I still don't know where they're plugged in, Dan. I assumed he got him a generator or something. Mm. Just a guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Outsider says, get me a whole deer to eat. And he says, coming right up. Outsider says, get me an old guy to eat. Um, he says, sure thing. That when, oh man, that part where <laughs> the hunter like comes out of the woods or whatever to his car. And yeah. like, then just gets like shot in the head. <laughs> Yes, shot like, in the head and then devoured, and then the outsider's like, he wasn't even good. He had cancer. Yeah, yeah. he was he was lousy with cancer. <laughs> and you're like, oh my god, that's, that's so gross. <laughs> yeah, um, in episode, it's episode eight when uh, when we actually like get more of the outsider. Up until that point, it's all like, you know, uh, in the shadows or like. From a distance, you see like a weird, sketchy guy, um, and this is this episode eight is where he's like up close and personal. That's yeah. when we we get some 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 FaceTime with uh, the outsider himself, El Cuco. El Cuco. Well, we don't really see him um, before he looks like uh, Claude, right? Well, yeah. So he's transforming into Claude, and then there's that whole thing where he gets demasked at the fair and he's yeah. not fully transformed into Claude yet but he's like pretty close you know he's mostly um, Claude yeah um, um, <clears throat> played by Patty Considine yes Patty Considine from um, the from Hot Fuzz I remember him from that movie who is he in Hot uh, Fuzz I mean there's, um, he's one of the, uh, cops in town. He's like one of the okay. detectives. 
it's like him and another guy and yeah, they're sure. like <laughs> um there's, there's a great joke in hot fuzz where they're sitting at the pub and he takes a sip of his guinness and he's got like a beer like guinness mustache on his actual mustache <laughs> yes and simon Pegg says oh you have a mustache and he's like i know <laughs> it's, it just really tickles me uh, he's, uh, he also plays Andreev in The Death of Stalin, a movie I watched but am not smart enough to know. I don't know. Who was any- it good? Um, it was like kind of funny. It, like, I don't know. The situational it, stuff, yes. But I think there's like, a, a lot of... Yeah. It's like yeah. smart guy funny. I think it's... Yeah, yeah. I think it's funny if you have robust historical knowledge of the Soviet Union. Uh, which I don't. So... It's for almost nobody. <laughs> yeah, it's for eggheads. It's total yeah. egghead stuff. It's egghead humor. Yeah. The funniest it, kind. It's pretty good. It's just like a lot of like, it's like Russian Veep. It's Soviet Veep. Yeah. Is it, right, it, I, is it by the same guy that I, did Veep? I'm or pretty like sure. Or in the loop or whatever? Yeah, what's his name? Um, oh, oh man. He's he's probably sitting at home listening to this. Like my name is Armando Iannucci. My name is Armando. Iannucci. <laughs> it's driving him nuts. Um, anyway, it's Armando Iannucci. No, that's good. <laughs> so yes. Um, so uh, what Holly, Holly has a report to give to everybody. Right. Mm. And they, like you said, um, what, what's, uh, Mayor winning hit genie genie uh, genie tells Ralph or suggests to Ralph that you know Gloria should be there um you know she should be involved in this stuff right and he like I don't know it feels like not I'm not gonna say that he's getting annoyed with his wife um but she is like contributing a lot of like um her opinion and she's like in getting involved in the case and stuff. And it does feel like, like, and she believes like all of the, uh, like the mystical kind of aspect. She like, obviously she had the conversation with the outside El Cuco at the kitchen table or whatever. Mm-hmm. So she's like fully on board with like supernatural shit. And sure. yeah, yeah I, Ralph is not, it, um, it very much parallels, um, that flashback scene we get after um, like immediately after their son has died where genie is like holed up in bed, just like kind of devastated and like her response is to go through it. And Ralph's response is to get drunk and tell her that she has to get over it. (laughs) Um, Same sort of thing where he's just like, well, uh, you know, like can it, I can't look the reality of the situation in the face because it's, uh, it, it's just so unfathomably bad. Right. It's, uh, I, I don't know. I, I just, I like that so much that like, uh, Ben Mendelssohn's performance. Men Mendelssohn. Like, Men Mendelssohn. Yeah. Right. The professional wrestler. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, he, he, he walks this line with, with Jeannie, uh, where he's like, you know, he's trying to like um, listen to everything that she's saying, right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to dismiss any of it. Um, but his, like, I could see in his face that he naturally dismisses it because yeah. it's crazy. You know, it's that doesn't make any sense. Um, this show it's a, it's, really yeah. just generally, so his arc, right? Like, yeah. 
his whole thing is that he, it seems like he, like the way it's set up and the way they're kind of talking about it is like, he needs to believe in El Cuco. Yeah. Um, and really what's happening is he needs to confront it. Like he knows fundamentally what's happening here because nothing else makes sense. Right. And that's like his approach to his job. Yes. Um, but he just cannot confront it, which mm-hmm. is ultimately why he's the one who makes it go curse splat. Right. But um, he, where was I going with that? Right. Yeah. The way, so the way they sort of like depict him getting to that point, there's never for that reason, there's no moment where he's like, Oh shit, I guess it is real. It's just like right. the, the, the reality of the situation, the stakes of the situation gets so high that yeah. he just has to kind of like rise to the occasion. Yes. Which like, uh, you know, we'll talk about it when we get to like the ending and whatever, but that's some of my favorite shit about this show mm-hmm. is how like, uh, real world. Uh, I don't know. You always see in movies where like, um, you know, something supernatural happens and there's like there's somebody who doesn't believe it, and then then they believe it a hundred percent, and whatever, and everybody's on board, and now we have to go fight the thing or whatever, yeah. right? And I just I think it's so interesting that he is like he's basically a skeptic until he's like essentially face to face with the thing. Yeah. Like he goes along with all of it, but there's like he's not a hundred percent on board. He does not until it's like right in his face you know he really it feels like he's not yeah he just doesn't fully buy into it all interesting um, i had a i don't know i had a little bit of a different read whereas like i really do think it's it's almost just like i mean i guess we're kind of saying the same thing where it's like it's sort of like the strength of the of the bluetooth signal that he has with the monster, right? Like, it's just like, it just like the closer he gets to it, the also just like the, the, he can't look anywhere else. Like it's just fully in his field of vision at a certain point. And that I, to me, that's the moment where the cops show up to the Bolton house, Claude Bolton's brother's house with the video of El Cuco, as Claude at the like festival the where he fi- tried to snatch a kid. Well, yes, you're right. Yes. That's <laughs> yeah. That's the moment when you're like, th- there is no other explanation for it. Right. Like, uh, Ralph, he's like, okay, we have to do this. We have to stay with Claude. Um, all of us, we have to be here. And we have to watch him because we know that, you know, El Cuco is going to do something. He's, he's trying to impersonate Claude and, you know, we're cops and we're, we'll be Claude's witnesses. Yeah. And even it feels like even then, right? Like he is not, he's like, I'm going along with this. Like, I do believe something very strange is going on, but I don't, you know, there has to be like some sort of a logical explanation. Like, Mayor Winningham, she yells at him at the table where she's like, you know, either fucking, uh, you know, she, I forget exactly how she puts it, but it's like, 
either start accepting this or get out of everybody's way. Right. Yeah. Because you're going to be you're you not believing it is going to be a hindrance for yeah. everybody. You're going to fucking get people hurt. Mm-hmm. And it feels like up until that point and like Holly, I think it's when they're at the house at the Bolton house when Holly is like, you still don't believe it. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and he said, and he says like, I'm trying and she's basically just like, try harder. He's yeah. like, I, he's like, I'll get there. Just let me get there. And she's like, you need to get there faster. Basically. <laughs> right. Which is like, I mean, it's great. And just, I don't know. I, and then once, cause he's so like, you know, like he's been saying it the whole show is like, he has to believe that there's a logical explanation for all everything because he's a man of the law. Right. You know, like he puts people in jail based on crimes and, and evidence yeah. and witnesses that and real also things. I think that's also like why the, the, like the scene where the cops come to talk to Claude mm-hmm. functions as like the hinge point for me, because yeah. that's also the moment where Ralph interferes with the law basically like he he just like the cops like they're like can we come in and talk and he's like let's talk out here like he he fully impedes them just knowing that like that to me is like him fully crossed over he's like they don't know what's going on they can't be made to understand what's going on yeah we don't have that kind of time right exactly (laughs) yeah yeah so that was good oh also um a step in his journey Mm mm-hmm uh, not only toward just like believing the situation, but like even just like trusting Holly fully. Yeah. I love the conversation in the car uh-huh. where like Ralph is like when he's spiraling a little bit, not spiraling it, on the, when they're on the way to Claude Uh huh. and he tells her that story about his, oh, oh, after, okay, when his yes. mom dies. Right. And it's very clearly like, Cause he says as much in a, a few scenes prior where he's like, he's like, you're one of those people who you can't, you don't budge an inch. Like you need people to come to where you are. And if they don't, they're, they're stupid basically. Right. It's just like, you come out here. Like, he's like, I've met people like you. And mm-hmm. then she says, I've met a lot of people like you, <laughs> which is a great <laughs> line. Yeah. But he's he's basically like you come in with like these crackpot theories and you, you basically just like you won't hear anything else. He's basically calling her closed minded. Yes. And then like I think with that presupposition in mind, uh, they're driving out to the Bolton house together and he tells her this story about his mom dying like the same day or like right around the time that their son was born. Right. It was. Yeah. The, so, the, right. The story is that. Uh, when Ralph was younger, um, his mom really liked this song. Uh, it's called Washington Square, and um, Washington yeah. Square. <laughs> his mom was real into grunge. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it, and she played the song for him, and then he said, like, how you know whatever time passed, she passed away, whatever, and then the day that. She, uh, uh, Jeannie was giving birth to their son uh, on the way to the hospital. Um, he started talking to, um, you know, his mother, like in his head or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that song came on the radio and he was like that. That's like, you know, that's the closest thing he's ever had to like any sort of uh, 
you know, spiritual thing. Yeah. And he's like, so what do you make of that? He's like, what do you make of that story? And she's like, um, sounds like this a, great. sounds yeah. like a coincidence to me. Right. <laughs> and they have a nice big laugh about that. Dude, this light. Do you see this beautiful light? Yeah, I see that. That's God's majesty, dude. <laughs> he's shining down on this podcast. I'm trying to, I don't know how to like, there we go. Maybe I just keep wow. my, wow. Things are really falling apart over here. <laughs> yeah, I got the cat. But she, she like waits until I'm recording to use the litter box. Yeah. Um, and she has works. to make a lot of noise. She's like, <laughs> I'm here too. Get this on my Produ- producer gizmo. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, so yeah, uh, he's like by degrees. He's just coming to. He's really just coming to terms with what's happening. Yes. Um. Sort of paralleling that also is like he has a dream about his son Mm -hmm. and it's just like he's in his bed and his son his son is there and he just says like you have to move on like you have to let me go yeah um so it is just like his whole deal is that he's just like in denial about (laughs) the reality of his life and his just like perceptions of of the world there's there's that scene so uh, so holly Right. She she makes this presentation to this room full of people that we, you know, uh, that we all know. And she says, you know, we all know them. We all know. And these are people we all know. Yeah. I got I got people, you know, I I know people all over the place. Alec Pelly. Love him. Right. Jeremy. He's a veteran. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Um, No. And then, you know, Glory gets pissed off. She's like. What the fuck yeah. are you talking about? <laughs> I, Which is great. I loved that. That was so yeah. good. Yeah, she fucking Glory, who's been trying to you know keep her family together. She talks about how they're like running out of money and shit. Right. She has to like go back to work as a real estate agent, and she's showing a house, and the people you know they're they start, gawking at her. Yeah, they're gawking at her. They ask like a couple leading questions or whatever. And she sort of snaps. Yeah. Um, so she's like, obviously she's been through a lot in the last few weeks, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that's where they established the timeline, right? Like her boss, yes. at the real estate agency is like, I think three weeks was probably too soon for you to come back. It's like, yeah, yeah, of course it was. Definitely. What are you talking about? Um, uh, but yeah. yeah, but her in that meeting when she's like, first Howard is like, uh, do you, you know, let's get out of here. This is ridiculous. And she's like, no, no, I want to hear her out. And, and then she, you know, Holly keeps going and she starts, you know, going in, in more depth about El Cuco and all the supernatural shit. And then she snaps and she's like, what the fuck (laughs) have you people been doing? This is how you're going to exonerate my husband. And she just leaves. She's pissed. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, And like the thing she doesn't say, which is there is that she's also paying for this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like it's her lawyer who hired yes. these investigators. <laughs> right. um, so there's like all that, which I, I really liked, um, you know, we'll talk in depth about how the book sort of like differs from the series overall, but yeah. her relationship to this case mm-hmm. is so different from how it's portrayed in the book. In the book, she's kind of oh, yeah. just like, she's a lot more on board f- with everything. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. Um, and I think it just like, it's so much more interesting to have her not being on board. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For a little bit. Absolutely. Cause ultimately she, 
I mean, really what does it for her again is like Mayor winning him uh, genie. Mm-hmm. She's like, th- they reconcile and she's basically like, I don't know what all that crazy shit was, but I respect you. And I just didn't right. want, she's like, you've been so kind to me and I want to like, you know, honor that basically. Yes. Right. So, um, yes. So, uh, <laughs> leading up to, um, you know, Holly's, uh, you know, uh, presentation there, uh, Jack picks her up to bring her to the meeting, uh, pick her up at the airport and then she, he's going to bring her over there. And he's, you know, he's like feeling her out for like what, what she knows she won't, she's not giving up any information. She says that, you know, she's still trying to put her thoughts together. Mm-hmm. Um, but we get a little bit more of like, you know, Jack, how much is Jack like willing to, how far is he going here? Right. Um, cause you know, obviously like he's gonna, the El Cuco is telling Jack to get rid of, uh, Holly. He like during the meeting, he looks at the back of his hands and like, uh, it's like, it was, it just says like, stop her. Yeah. Um, like, you know, it's like an imaginary thing, but it looks like it's carved into his hands. So, uh, with Jack, uh, then later on when Jack is home, uh, El Cuco possesses his mind and makes him hallucinate his mother who starts just mercilessly beating yeah. him. Yeah. Like real. And like, there, there's a shot where she like jumps up and like leaps across the room mm-hmm. in like a like a supernatural kind of way and just like tackles him and just starts like pummeling him and shit dragging yeah. him across like kicking him when he's down dragging him across the apartment and stuff the apartment is like completely trashed there's like blood absolutely everywhere um moms right yeah, <laughs> moms classic mom <laughs> stuff put that um, in a greeting card Mom, yeah. you kicked the shit out of me and dragged me all over my apartment. And there's blood everywhere growing up, but God help it. You're my mom. Happy Mother's oh, Day. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't change it for the world. So El Cugo is really pissed at Jack that he hasn't like stopped this yet. Um, after the presentation, right, everybody is sort of like, so, uh, Ralph especially is like, I can't believe that's the, the information that Holly brought back. You know, he's really pissed about it. And Jeannie is like, well, she's staying with us. So, uh, she stays over at their house and Ralph, he sort of, uh, is this the part where he's like, um, I, I know people like you, right? Yeah. It's in the house, right? I think so. Yeah. And then, yeah. So there, there's like some tension there. Um, and then the next day, early on, Jack contacts Holly and says, Hey, um, you know, I think, I think there might be something in that barn. Um, you know, I think it proves your, uh, you know, what you were saying yesterday, we should, uh, go check it out and you could prove them, you know, prove to them what was going on. She's like, okay. And, you know, he's like, uh, uh, don't mention it to uh, Ralph and yeah, the others. Right. Don't mention it to anybody until we have something. Yeah. Uh, so Holly, Holly's driving. She picks up Jack. Then they start heading out there. And Jack looks like shit. Yeah. <laughs> Jack has, he has tried to uh, like cover up his, his I mean, bruises a, it, with it, makeup. 
And it's like the worst makeup job that he did to himself, obviously. And and it's all like weird and gray. He looks more like I don't know. Uh, it, it's almost like a low low uh, uh, low budget production of like a zombie movie. Yeah, or something. totally. He looks like almost undead. I'll tell you what. He kind of looks like <clears throat> El Cuco. <laughs> right, his face is all like lumpy and sagging and shit. And yeah, it's all he's all fucked up. Um, which is, I mean, that's just that's classic king shit right there. It's like having have, having whatever familiar you have just falling apart yeah. physically. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Um, and so they they're heading out there, and it slowly becomes more apparent to Holly that like, oh, Jack, you know, J- she sees the the bumps and blisters on the back of his neck. Um, you know, she knows, and eventually he like sort of comes cleaning about the whole El Cuco thing. Um, and it, it goes from like, Oh, we're driving out here to, I, you know, it's like a hostage kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, she manages to, uh, they stop off somewhere and she manages to get away with the car, um, which, you know, sends, uh, Jack just sort of like into, you know, wherever he, he's just in the wind. Um, he eventually comes back to town just to grab a bunch of guns and then he goes and then he leaves again. Yeah. I did not like that. The shot of the closet opening and there's this whole sniper rifle. Right. When like, when, uh, Ralph goes over there with like some guys, they go, they open up the, you know, go into the apartment or wherever they're like, Oh shit. Uh, they know that Holly is with Jack. Um, they come, you know, figure that out that neither one of them is answering their phones. Um, you know, they go to the apartment. They're like, oh, man, I hope that's his blood. Um, and they I think at this point, they like I think they take all the guns and stuff out of the house and or out of Jack's apartment. And when Jack comes back, he get there's like a hidden like yeah. behind a bookshelf or something like a hidden safe. Um, but so uh, whatever. Holly, like, like I said, gets away from Jack Um she gets back with our main group. Um, they know that Jack is, uh, you know, possessed by El Cuco or whatever. And, and then they're like, then they have to find Claude who Claude has left town. Yeah. Um, Claude also like, because he was, um, scratched by El Cuco that I guess establishes some sort of psychic connection between them. So, He's like all fucked up. He's going through it a little bit. You know, he's like feeling like shit. He feels like he says, like, it feels like there's somebody in my head or whatever. Yeah. Um, He like keeps he can't sleep. He keeps waking up thinking that like somebody is outside his door. Yeah. He's not like like, he's not being controlled by him or anything, but it's like weighing on him. And it ultimately leads to him like um, getting in a fight with a customer at a bar, which, in my opinion, was pretty well justified by the fact that the guy tried to stab him to death. Yeah. I mean, but he, he like, I think he just like makes the decision to take care of himself and like remove himself from that environment. Cause he feels like it's weighing right. down on him. So he, so he leaves town and he goes to stay with his brother. Um, what's his brother's this, name? Uh, is seal seal Bolton seal Bolton. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, 
Oh wait, uh, real quick. So there's um, uh, I think it's a scene where. So uh, at one point, Glory calls up Ralph and asks him to come over and talk or whatever. And there's um, there's a moment during their conversation, and they're just like it's they're not talking about any of the supernatural stuff. They're just talking about you know whatever, and. She she looks at at Ralph and, sa- and says, "What if Terry did kill that boy?" And there's like a second pause, and then her face turns to like absolute horror because she said the words out loud. Yeah, you know. Um, I, I just thought that was like a fucking great moment. Yeah, from, I thought so uh, too. That actress, uh, Julianne Nicholson. Yeah. She's got the uh, goods, this Julianne really Nicholson. Does. Promising, keep an eye out for Julianne Nicholson. <laughs> yeah. She uh, she's in the Weird Al movie, so. Oh yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it, like, but she's. Oh, in that, it, I like right. that. That's a fun movie. Yeah. Um. So, uh, we have our our like group, our like ragtag group. Um, Howie and was it Alec? They mm-hmm. stay behind. Um. Alec, Alec talks about, he tells a story. He gets a couple monologues in these last five episodes. He tells a story about when he was a kid. Um, I think it was his brother and his brother's friends. They like, they ditched him out in the woods and then he was, he was lost out there for hours. And, uh, you know, they had a search party out there looking for him. Eventually they found him, but like right before they found him, um, he heard something call, call his name twice. Mm-hmm. And he's like, there to this day that I've never been so scared shitless. Yeah. Right. Um, so when everybody is like, you know, rallying the troops to to go get this thing, um, he's just like, I can't, I can't go. I just can't do it. Right. Too scared. Too damn like, scared. Mr. Too damn yeah. scared. Mr. Too damn scared. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, so they stay behind. Um, the rest of our group, they go out, they're looking for Claude. Uh, they get to the, the Bolton house and they're like, they, they basically lay it down for him that they're like, you know, there's a a working theory that there's an El Cuco that you may have been scratched by. (laughs) Yes. Um, and they're like, nobody can leave the house. Uh, we're all staying here. Uh, you know, if this thing tries to strike again, you'll have credible witnesses that saw you. So then we get that whole scene at the fair, which like oh everything God. leading up to that was like, I was, oof, I was buddy. So deeply dreading all of that. Yeah. Cause like all I was, I was thinking of Dr. Sleep. I was like, they'll, they'll do it. Oh, they'll fucking they'll kill do it, the man. shit out of a kid if they have to. <laughs> it's very effective to just kill a kid on, you know, in, media yeah man uh, <laughs> it's almost as bad as killing a dog yeah so uh yeah and we get that like there's that family uh that like uh you know they're they're taking i think it's their kids it's their kids or their grandkids i can't even tell it looks like grandkids like, they're pretty old they, they are pretty old which is like even sadder yes <laughs> i don't know why right. it's even sadder Right. And so it's these two grandparents and these two kids and they're like, uh, the, the youngest kid is like super excited for the caves, you know, uh, he's a cave nerd. 
yeah, he's a bit of a nerd about it. Um, and, and like, I don't know, everything with that family is like, it's very like kind of fun and light and sweet. And, you know, obviously you're like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. <laughs> like, yeah. And you're like, oh, these kids are these kids are angels. Yeah, this this is a this is a caravan right here. Mm. Like a this is a Winnebago of angels yeah. right now. <laughs> um, so uh, you know they all they all go to the thing. The the like teenage uh, girl she like wants to you know go off and like talk to boys and shit. The two like grandparents they just go sit down. They I think they eat something mm. or whatever. And then the other kid is like wandering around wearing this like I think it's I don't know if it's a wolf mask or a bear mask that he has. He is wearing a bear mask. Okay. Um, and then El Cuco. Yeah. Yeah. So he's looking at this map of the caves and like you know isn't it? It's called it. like Cave Fest, right? It is. Like it's yeah. a whole thing organized around the caves. Which like it sounds silly, but like sounds kind of sounds kind of cool to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That should like. There are fairs like that all the time mm-hmm. where it's some like silly little thing that they make a big deal out of. Yeah, the one thing the town is known for. They make a, right. a fest out of it. Um, so he's looking at this map and then El Cuco approaches him uh, in a wolf mask, no less. Mm. And, you know, he starts saying, How like, very oh, apropos. Man. Yeah. Oh, man, you got to check out the bear cave. That's, you know, they have like crazy, uh, like scratches and stuff on the walls. Here, you want me to show you? And he's like, and the kid's like, yeah, show me. And then they just start walking. And, the, you know, Okuko's got his hand on the back of the kid's neck. And he's like kind of leading him through this crowd of people. Oh and it's just like, it's, it's fucking, it, it's horrifying. And you're like, it's, it's, you know, yeah. And so tense. And no less, it's more horrifying. When God, his sister sees that this is happening and immediately, you know, sort of like freaks out and is like screaming for help. Um, And the people at the festival sort of like encircle El Cuco and the kid and pull him apart. Um, El Cuco tries to make a break for it. Someone knocks him to the ground. Uh, the grandpa knocks him to the ground. Yeah, grandpa comes in and tackles him. G- guy's like, guy's a big dude. He's probably like he's like he's a big Santa sort of fella. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Um, I did think there's like a moment after. So he tackles him, unmasks him. El Cuco yeah. gets away. We don't see who he is. We but we said already he looks like uh, Cl- uh, Claude now. Um, yeah, he's but, like. You know, eighty-five percent clawed, claw, yeah, claw, um, <laughs> cloud. <laughs> uh, did you think the grandpa yeah. was gonna have a heart attack? I sure did. Oh yeah, there's a moment. 100%. There's a moment where you like. I think there's a. I think maybe they shot a version where he had a heart attack and accidentally used <laughs> that footage. I mean, it's definitely possible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he like he sits up after tackling El Cuco. And he's that he's like catching his breath, and there's like he like plants this, a hand on the ground, yeah. right in a way that's yeah. sort of like oh no, <laughs> yep. this is all he's got left. Yeah, yeah. So oh, man, that was but yeah. He lives. They uh, they go and yeah. they're they're they they debrief with the cops. They interview with the cops. That's mm-hmm. when the cops come to Claude, and finally we're caught up to where we were twenty minutes ago. <laughs> 
in the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there was other things, uh, you know, simultaneously happening. Um, so, uh, right. So the, 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 the cops in that town, they, they come to the Bolton house and they're like, we're looking for Claude because, you know, he tried to abduct a kid last night. He's on video doing it. And they're like, well, that's impossible. We were here. We're investigating like something else or whatever. And we, you know, he, he's like a key witness or whatever bullshit they have to tell the local cops. Um, but they, they do, they make up like a little story and they, you know, uh, they also ask if they can interview, uh, the witnesses and, and they do. Um, I don't, I don't remember if there's anything like especially, uh, memorable about their, their interviews. Um, we also, so at, right. So at this point, like Ralph is, is fully on board with the supernatural aspects of this. He still doesn't get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he is on board. Um, what? My wife won't stop fucking coughing, dude. <laughs> this cat won't stop jumping on my lap. It sounds, what are you doing? It sounds like we both have these unsolvable problems. <laughs> I mean, this. I'll, I'll give her a lozenge. She'll be fine. <laughs> um, this cat is adorable, but. Good, good God! I'm trying to record a podcast. Yeah, you could probably still bring her back. hasn't hasn't been that long. What, no, bring, no uh, one would blame you if you brought it back to the store. Brought it back to the shelter. Yeah, like I'm sorry, I, I can't keep these cats. They they're interviewing. They're, they're interfering ruining my podcast. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a podcast about Stephen King movies, and yeah. these cats are interrupting it. <laughs> and from that day on, they've added a question to the questionnaire. That's like, like do you have a podcast? Did the cat oh, press that? that button? Yeah, the cat just pressed that button. Oh which my god! <laughs> Does not not a good look for the cat. No. Oh man, that's I haven't heard that one that drop in a long time. I wasn't sure if her little beans were going to be able to, you know, activate the, <laughs> the touchpad there, but turns out apparently they can. <laughs> turns out they're perfect for doing that. Hey, speaking of uh, El Cuco, yeah, I went to a. I went to a show last night. Oh shit! And the musical artist's uh, name is Kuka. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. My f- my uh, my friend Ryan, mm-hmm. who you know. Yeah. He's like a, I forget what his actual title is, but he's something like a music director for this band. He's okay. like at least like on tour. That's kind of what he's doing. He's like overseeing like the live show or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I asked him, I said, Kuko. And I was like, this is, this is going to really impress. Right. Cause I'm like, yeah, just seems like I know it. I was like, yeah, Oh, yeah, Kuko. Yeah. Is that like El Kuko, the Mexican boogeyman? <laughs> oh, my, Oh, is it that? Just curious. Uh, cause I saw oh. it and, uh, I, I file, I rifled through the files in my mind palace and, uh, <laughs> Yeah. And of course, uh-huh. naturally, my mind turned to the Mexican folklore character El Cuco. And he was like, no, it's like, it's not that at all. <laughs> oh, did you actually ask him? I did. Yeah, I was curious. I was like, <laughs> I was like, did he name himself after El Cuco? And what it actually, what did he say? Let me find it. I was texting with him. He said, Cuco is a nickname from 
like Cusito or crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Which that's fun. I mean, what's crazier than kidnapping a kid in a big black sack? Right. Hey, right. Just my opinion. Like eating them and then, you know, and, uh, and, and what, and, uh, what have you <laughs> and, and whatnot <laughs> and, and the rest and all, yeah, all yeah. that comes with it. Um, all that stuff. Anyway. Yes. Yeah. So, so, um, right. So they interview those witnesses. Um, we also get that flashback scene of like those kids, uh, in the cave, right? Um, they yeah, that's sort of cave. like intercut in in one of the later episodes. It's like I don't know what the forties, the fifties, probably yeah, the something 50s. like that. Um, but like, why was that in there, Dan? Why? What was the point of all that? <sighs> I don't fully know. Um, okay. I think it's just sort of like to establish the idea that long after people die, there are like reverberations mm-hmm. of misery and suffering that feed El Cuco. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause that's basically, okay. basically what he says when they're in the cave, he's just like, I still feel them in here, especially the Boltons yeah. or whatever. So, right. So basically, yeah. These, yeah sorry. Go ahead. Go uh, well, these two kids, they go spelunking. They're just like goofing mm-hmm. off. They uh, wander off the the family property, um, and there's like a cave, like a tourist attraction, and there's like a gift shop you enter through. Um, sort of the opposite of that Banksy movie in a lot of ways. <laughs> and you're a big the, Banksy guy, right? You I, like him? There's so much that so much of it goes over my head, but I love the 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 style. <laughs> um, he so these uh-huh. two kids. Sneak in like a little crevasse, you know, away from the entrance Mm. and they get lost. They get lost in the caves. Um, Their dad comes looking for them, realizes what's happened and goes in after them the normal way. And he can hear them, but he can't find them. And eventually he gives up and sort of like calls on all the all the men in the town to come help, right? Puts a posse together. So this group of like, what, 20 guys probably. Yeah. It's probably something like that. All ages, teens and men. And they all go in and there's a rock fall and they get trapped in the cave. Yeah. That's right. Where, um, and we find out later from seal Bolton, uh-huh. That um, among the people in the cave were the the Bolton patriarch, their grandfather, and his two brothers. Right. So, um, no, go ahead. Well, I, I just yeah. Oh, I was just gonna say, and Seal also mentions as he's telling this story that um, he's like he's like not a lot of people know about that cave, right? Because that that's what it is. It's like yeah. that is what they get from the interviews. Is like the kid wanted to go see the bear caves. The the El Cuco was going to show him the bear caves, and the bear caves are what where the rock fall happened, where everyone got trapped, and eventually it was like sealed off because people mm-hmm. kept like trying to go in just to like fuck around. Right. Um, and yeah, sealed base. Hey, sealed off sealed 
Huh? Bolton. Bolton it shut, <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay, so this has layers. Um <laughs> we also in that in the scene of that like uh that flashback when the all the the men from town are in the cave looking for the boys. Um we get a a king alum. Dan. You're shitting me. I am not. You mean to tell me that Jack Nicholson is in this film? <laughs> He's in the back. He's one of the extras. <laughs> when are we going to find these goddamn kids? <laughs> yeah, Jack, shut the fuck up. You're not you have no lines. <laughs> <laughs> you who boys. <laughs> Here's Jack. <laughs> like that doesn't roll off the same. Uh, anyway, yeah. uh, no the the there's like a young there's like a teenage boy that's with them, uh, that's like sort of uh, that's walking with the father, and he's like he he's talking to the father, uh, but that kid, uh, Christopher Nathan, was also that. the boy from the Creepshow episode Gray Matter. Whoa, um, you're really good at this. Did you I'm really good with faces? I'm terrible with names. Did you you really just like you looked at him and you were like creep show boy? Hands yes, down. I did. It's, wow. I I cannot stress this enough. I'm I I am so fucked up in all other aspects <laughs> of my life. <laughs> Cuz here's the thing my about my brain is broken in a very specific way. <laughs> <laughs> this Christopher Nathan, to Rob. Anyone. <laughs> yeah. This Christopher Nathan, he has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight acting credits. That's right. And you and still two of them we've talked about. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. But that's that's insane to me. I don't. Oh my god. I don't remember. A I know. Damn thing. I, it, this. I am not. I don't find this impressive. I find this to be some sort of a like a like a glitch in my brain. Something <laughs> is I mean, I think I, it I've definitely there's there's the part of my brain that can recognize faces really well um is taking up too much room and it's it's pushing on other things, you know? Yeah. Pushing out other memories and you know. Maybe comprehension know. It skills just, and whatever. It seems to bode well for you like long term. I hope so. Because, like, I don't know. It's not like you saw that episode of Creepshow as, like, a child, and it's, like, this deeply ingrained memory. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's true. That's it's true. wild. That is um, wild. So, uh, all the men folk, they get, uh, uh, you know, there's a, a cave-in, and they get trapped in there, and they all they all just die. <laughs> they all, like... <laughs> That's like the whole story. That's where I thought something like, again, I thought something supernatural. I thought El Cuco may have been in there or maybe El Cuco was one of those guys. Sure. Who, yeah. You know, something like that. And it's, that's none of it. Uh, there were just like 20 or so guys that went down into a cave uh, to look for these boys and they all died. The end. And I assume those boys died as well because nobody, we don't ever actually follow up with that. Right. Well, all we get as a follow-up is just like, you can imagine how terrible it must have been when everybody down there died. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> um, yeah. Harsh. Yeah. Harsh shit. Um, right. So, uh, 
they know that El Cuco is down in this in this cave, right? He's just sort of like sort of like wallowing in all the like the misery that surrounds the cave, right? Um, so then our group of of uh, you know good guys, uh, good guys with guns, um, they head out to the cave and they're gonna you know they're gonna find El Cuco. Um, the drive out there when this is what I was talking about before, when Ralph was a little kind of spiraling, he, he's not like fully spiraling out, but he, this is after he accepts the supernatural aspects of it. Yes. And he is, he's just like, well, if this is real, then what the fuck else is real? And like, what, you know, and the guy, Alec, who, uh, and as he says that, he says, um, he says, what, what else is real? Yeah. I, this honestly for me was like kind of too much. Uh-huh. But he says, if that's real, what else is real? And then the great gazoo appears. <laughs> and he says, mm, beats me. And, and then he's gone. And we don't. And then he just, yeah. That, I, and that's kind of what bothered Never comes me. back. Yeah. That's what bothered me. Is like, it's just like this yeah. loose thread. It's right. like, the, presumably the great gazoo has the power to kill El Cuco. Right. You would think. It, we need like one of those. He you, just chooses not to, I guess. We need like one of those YouTube channels that like makes fictional characters fight each other, or what? <laughs> El Cuco versus the Great Gazoo. Uh huh. Those uh, are fun, right? Oh yeah, they're yeah. a great time. Uh, no, I I just I really like that scene. It, the guy Alec, who at, at a certain point during the show, he's. I think it's after the after Holly's meeting. Uh, Howard walks out. Alec Lee is with him, and and he basically like tells Howard, he's like, "Listen, I, I know, I get it. I know how it all sounds and whatever, uh, but I've I've done a lot of reading on this kind of thing. It's like you know a little bit of a hobby of mine, like cryptids and that kind of shit. And he's like, it's it, it you know, there's weird shit out in the world that we don't know what it is, mm. right?" So when they're in the car and Ralph is like, well, what else is real? Like, and he starts going and he's like, Alex, like, take it easy, man. Just take small bites. All right. And he just keeps saying small bites. Yeah. It's like, right. And he's just like, you know, because if you if you go to like galaxy brain with it, you're just going to like implode. Mm-hmm. You just be like, you know, my entire reality is shattered here. Right. Uh, <laughs> so. Um, so. All right. The end of. So this is episode nine. They all get to the entrance of the gift shop and uh, the, you know, they all, they kind of, they get out of their cars and out of like nowhere, uh, Alec is just immediately shot in the head and killed. Just like, yeah, (laughs) fucking takes a step out of the car. He's maybe standing there for a minute and then he's just shot dead. And, and we see it's Jack. Who's like, he's got a sniper rifle. He's up on like uh, a rock. That's like, it's high up and he's just like firing down on people. Uh, And the way the episode ends is fucking, it's incredible. Like, I don't know. The mo- most shows would end an episode with like uh, 
before any shots, you know, went off. Like they get there, and like we see a shot of Jack maybe perched up there. We Ooh, see our group of, a shot of you Jack. Know. <laughs> He's got a we whole handle our, our, of it. Oh yeah. Oh man. Yeah. This guy is fucking like. He's going through. You think it. he? Yeah. You think he's drinking the Jack Daniels specifically because his name is Jack? Like that's how it started, and now he's like, well, I'm just sticking with this. Like I'm a degenerate, and I just drink straight from the bottle of Jack. Yeah, I do. And I think uh, uh, anyone not named after a liquor mm-hmm. can't succumb to alcoholism. That's right. <laughs> So uh, bad news for um, my nephew, Wild Turkey. <laughs> Stay away from the bottle, son. Uh, so so the right. So most episodes would end with like that tension, like right before it's about to like, you know, go off. And the the episode. So he Jack gets the one shot off. Um Ben Mendelsohn is like standing next to Alec and he gets like splattered in blood all over his face. And Mendelsohn's face is, it's so like, I, I don't know if it's um, like stoicism or like, no, just I think it's just the switched. moment between seeing and reacting. Right. Like, right. That's what I was going to say. Or everything is just happening so fucking fast that he's just like, he doesn't even have time to react. There's no, that's another thing with the the show and like his performance, especially is that like there, he's doing like a ton of subtle things. Like even that right there is not like most shows would play it up as that character is like surprised or like jumps into action immediately or something. Right. And his face is just like, kind of blank. Yeah. And it, it just like, it drops into like this slow motion and then it fades to fucking black. And then we just hear the, the screen is black and we just hear shot. We hear like 10 shot shots. Yeah. Oh my God. And you're like, what is happening? And then, you know, credits. That's a fucking cliffhanger. It's really good. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> it's really good. And then we get just like the bleak in the next episode, like the bleakest fucking what feels yeah. like 20 minutes. It feels yes. like it goes on for so long. Yes. And it's literally just like no one knows where Jack is. Like, right. They can't see him. Um, they, right. If, if the shots are coming down. Uh, what's his uh, seal, right? He grabs his rifle and he's like, you know, he, he's going to try and shoot him. And then seal gets shot right in the chest. Mm -hmm. Um, the guy, Andy, um, which we we didn't say, but Andy and, um, uh, Holly, they have this really like sweet moment right before, uh, they get there where they're like, you know, they basically, it's like this unspoken thing, like, you know, I really care about you. I really care about you too, kind of a thing. It's very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so Andy sort of jumps into action and he gets in one of the trucks and he's, he tries to like, he's going to drive away. He's going to like, I don't know if he's getting help or if he's trying to like find another angle to like, yeah, approach him exactly. From. So, um, but then Jack, uh, just starts firing on on him and the the truck and shoots him 
Uh, it shoots the gas tank, and then the fucking car explodes. Yeah. Um, well, it's it catches fire. It's leaking gas. Holly sees that. She's going to run and save Andy. Yeah, it's like they Holly, do like the most plausible version of the shoot the gas tank, have the car explode thing, where it's like yeah. he shoots it so that it's leaking gas, and then basically like ricochets a shot off of a rock so that it sparks, and then yes. the sparks catch the gas, which right. like still very silly, but at least then just have the car explode as soon as he shot the tank. Right. You and know? there's like, there's a bit of a precedent for it too. Like he was, uh, the guy, Jack, right. Yeah. He like tried to go get into the Marines. He wanted to be like a sharpshooter or something. And he passed like all of the shooting exams. And then it came down to like a psych evaluation and they were like, no way, yeah. buddy. <laughs> too fucked up. Yeah. That, and that is sort of like, that's when Holly, is like she's like oh yeah well el cuco feeds on pain and it sounds like this guy's got it in spades basically right it's like yeah yeah so uh so howard goes to to he you know holds holly back he goes to get uh andy out of the truck truck explodes killing andy and howard Mm -hmm. um you know what's fucked up too there's like so like um, Jack is in kind of a frenzy and there are, yeah. when he isn't, when he doesn't have a clear line of sight on anyone, he's mm-hmm. just like pumping rounds into the corpses yes. and like yelling is very fucked up. It is super <laughs> fucked up. Um, it's, uh, I, it's like, it is disturbing. It's like, like all of his, like he's up there, he's kind of like talking to himself, but like shooting, like shooting the corpses and then like yelling. It's like this, you know, like a psychological kind of tactic or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But like, uh, so Ralph and who's the other, the Sablo, Sablo. Yeah. Um, Sablo gets shot in the arm. He's still alive though. I I do like Uh, the line they give him where he's like, he's like, it hurts getting shot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I know nobody, you know, you don't hear it enough in movies. Yes. Usually people just get shot and they're like, Ooh, stub my toe kind of reaction. And then they just keep going. But yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Holly, Holly gets fed up with it. And like, uh, she steps out into like the open and she just yells like, stop. I think she yells, God damn you. Oh yeah. God damn you to hell. I'm sorry. Yeah. You're right. Um, and, and then, then Jack's Jack just like, uh, don't worry. I think he will. Yeah. Uh, and then he turned, like he turns around and there's like this big rattlesnake on the rock behind him. And he's like, yeah, okay. And he just sort of like leans into the snake yeah. and the snake bites him. Yeah. <laughs> then he, he walks down, uh, you know, his, his, I don't know, is his face like blowing up from the poison or whatever? Like he's all, he's in bad yeah. shape. Yeah. <laughs> And he, he just, he sticks the rifle. Well, first he's like, he's like, he's in there. He points to the cave where oh, yeah, El yeah. Cuco is and, and then right. he blows his head then off. he shoots yeah. himself. Right. Um, <laughs> so, a redemptive moment. <laughs> somewhat. Yeah, yeah. I guess. I, <laughs> I guess. Um, uh, so then we're, it's really, it's just Holly, Ralph, Holly, and Claude. Ralph. Yes. Claude is, uh, He's like sort of he's dealing with his brother 
Um, so Holly and Ralph are the, they go down into the cave first. And when they're walking down, they're, they're like getting close to El Cuco. And then we hear El Cuco tell them like, uh, watch your step. Like it gets slippery over there. Stay close to the wall yeah. so you don't fall or whatever. Right. Which is creepy. Having some sort of a evil being like that, just like give you safety tips yeah. is fucking creepy. Yeah. He says something like, like a normal convoy. Yeah, he's like, you didn't come all this way just to, you know, fall yeah. and crack your head or whatever. Right. So they, they get down there. There's all Kuko. Um, mm-hmm. Ralph's got a gun pointed at him and he's like fully, fully, uh, clawed at this fully point. clawed. Yeah. yeah. And he does some, does a bit of philosophizing, I suppose. Yeah. He does a little bit of, you know, evil guy monologuing at the end yeah. there. Right. Um, Holly, uh, Ralph really just wants to kill him. <laughs> Holly, yeah wants to ask him questions. She's just like, who are you? What are you? How old are you? All this stuff. Are there more? Are there more of you? And he's like, he's just like, I don't know how he's like, I've just been along. I've been around as long as I can remember. Kind of. (laughs) Right. It's so weird. Um, but it's really good. Um, right. And then, so Ralph, Ralph is like, uh, you know, he's like, I'm just going to shoot him. Like, and El Cuco's like, uh, he yells something. He yells out to Claude. I forget what he says, but he like yeah calls it. Oh yeah, he, no, I'm sorry. Yes, he says, "Oh, will the real Claude Bolton please stand That's up?" That's right. And, and as he yells, like the the cave starts like sort of like shaking a little bit, and like bits of like sand and rock come down from the ceiling. So this is like an unstable cave, and we already know that the cave like. It caved in on those people early on in the uh, <laughs> in that flashback. <laughs> Bit of a cat on the camera. <laughs> um. So, uh, yeah, Ralph is like Ralph knows that he can't use his gun in the fucking cave, which I mean that uh, that's just I don't know. I, uh, that's great. Even though what ends up happening is yeah, <laughs> uh, Claude comes out the real Claude comes you know through the cave with a shotgun and uh doesn't waste much time i would say no really doesn't like i mean but it makes so much he's like he looks at el cuco who looks exactly like him and he's like trying to sort of like wrap his head around it and then uh el cuco he goes to say something and claude just fucking shoots him and like blows him away um then the cave starts like shaking and whatever and a stalactite comes down and fucking goes right through el cuco right in the guts right right into his gut um claude gets hit with a falling rock and then ralph and holly start running they find like a little sort of like um what would you call it like a carved out spot in the cave with yes cover and they wait for the rocks to settle they come back out claude gets Claude got like kind of hit um, on the shoulder or something. Like it definitely yeah. fucked him up, but he's he's still okay. So yeah. Holly, they they all they get him up. They start leaving, and then Ralph turns back, walks up to. Well, so as they're walking out, Ralph sees two ghosts. Right. He he sees about that. <laughs> the ghost. Yeah. Uh, the ghost of 
Ollie Peterson, the the boy that shot Terry Maitland and that Ralph killed, and the other boy is uh, his son, yeah, Derek, mm-hmm. right? So, um, so this this the the reason for those ghosts, right? So, like we talked about him seeing his son in the dream, and that that dream version of his son. It he it, it's basically implied through the story and whatever that that was El Cuco basically telling him to leave him alone, right? Mm-hmm. So when he sees those two ghosts, he knows that El Cuco is still alive. So he goes, he tells Holly and Claude to go ahead, um, and he's just gonna do something real quick, <laughs> and he goes over, and then he gets a monologue, like. Uh, you know, at first I thought that you could be killed. Now I'm not so. Now I'm not so sure. Ba ba ba. Whatever. And then he just uh, he's like, "Look at you laying there playing possum." <laughs> playing. Possum, he's got like right? that mush mouth thing going. He does. Yeah. yeah. Um. But so El Cuco has a knife in his chest. Holly like stabbed him in the heart. Um. Ralph takes the knife out. Right. And I love it. He's like, he's delivering this monologue. Right. And El Cuco starts like moving one of his hands. Like he's going to like reach up mm-hmm. and Ralph just grabs that hand, slams it back down and drives the knife through its palm. Mm-hmm. And it's, I don't know. I just like that. He's just like, I am, uh, there's no way you're getting the upper hand on me right now. Yeah. <laughs> like I am in charge. Um, and yeah. And he, you know, he's like, uh, Whatever you're, I, he says something to the effect of like uh, he wants to, he almost wants to bring people down here to to take a look at you, but he knows that like he knows they can't go around telling people that this is El Cuco or right. whatever. Yeah, like this is not going to exonerate Terry Maitland, so it's better if you just go away. So he takes like a big rock and just right before he kills him, um, El Cuco sort of like transforms into like a bunch of different yeah people. it seems like he's going backwards through the faces yeah, that he had that's what it yeah that's what it seems like right and then and then you know uh ralph just takes that big rock and crushes his skull mm, yeah he does <laughs> it's pretty good gets him but good um and then we have a half hour left of that episode yes right well it, i, I guess like, it's more like 15 20 minutes right because of credits or whatever but still i was like i was very surprised to see it was there was more right there was yeah there was like a significant amount more um which i i loved that so like the rest of the episode is basically like uh terry coming back contacting that da from like the the beginning who wanted to prosecute uh terry Mm -hmm. contacting him um they all like they all got their uh they all had to figure out their stories like get their stories straight right and then eventually like uh that what ends up happening is terry is exonerated publicly mm-hmm. um the scene where the da goes to the maitland house and talks to the glory um and uh, the the line he he says a line where he's like he wants to apologize he's like due to the fact that like you know, I'm in. You're. I'm involved in a lawsuit. You, you're suing uh, me and my company, whatever. I can't tell you what's really in my heart. And Glory says, "I understand," which is like 
I don't know. I just thought that was like a really sort of nice moment. Yeah. Um, and and yeah. So Terry's exonerated. Uh, his name is completely cleared. And what? It, uh, Ralph and Jeannie. We just we see them. They're sitting at a bench uh, at their son's grave. And t- uh, Ralph sa- you know tells Jeannie about the dream. And you know Derek was there, and he said. Uh, you know, you have to let me go. And then, you know, Jeannie says, well, there's fat chance of that. Right. Um, and they both kind of like laugh about it a little bit. And, and that's basically it. Mm-hmm. Or is it Dan? Mm-mm-mm. Did you stay for the mid credits? No, I didn't. I thought you were joking. Nope. Oh no. So there's a, <laughs> a mid credit scene, Dan. Okay, let me lay this out for you. Uh, so we, we see Holly leaves leaves uh, Ralph's house and everything. She's like, they have a really nice moment where uh, Ralph is like, well, what else is out there, right? And and Holly's just sort of like, I don't know. Yeah, it gives him like, like a wry little smile and a shrug. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, like all of this experience and stuff for Holly, I think has been you know her getting to like uh, experience, you know. Uh, the, her feelings with Andy and all this stuff, like it, it, she's had a bit, you know, some growth as a character as well. Um, so the mid credit scene is uh, Holly in a hotel room, right? She's like, she's washing her hands. She's like getting ready for bed or something. And she's in the bathroom. And then like out of nowhere, Jack sort of appears and uh, she turns around, and he's not really there, right? It was just her imagination. And she takes like a one of the, like a little mirror or whatever, and it's like checks the back of her neck to make sure she doesn't have any bumps and whatever, which she does not. Um, oh, thank God! <laughs> thank God. Uh, so she's sitting. She's sitting on the bed. She's like on her computer. She sees that Terry is exonerated, right? Um, she's listening to the radio. And the radio starts playing Washington Square, the song that Ralph's mother loved, mm. right? To to show a little, you know, she's maybe present or whatever. Thank you for helping my son. Thank you for helping my boy see. <laughs> um, so the the shot is just it's like straight on of her like looking at her computer. It's sort of like you know pulling out from there. And she's standing there with like her hand sort of like on her chin like this. Yeah. And you see, clear as day, Dan, a scratch on her forearm. Oh no. Fucking oh, no. credits. Ah. <laughs> uh, Holly, no. So does it does it mean what does it mean, Dan? What does it mean? We don't know. Oh my God! It's, it's How does she open. clear her own name? Right. Uh, I don't think there's ever been any talk about a season two. No, um, there shouldn't be. There shouldn't be. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it is like this sort of self-contained story. Um, from what I understand, also the the ending in the show is different from the book. Haven't gotten there yet in the book, mm. but we'll discuss that on Tuesday. Um, but yeah, that's basically the the end of the show. At the, if you watch also at the end of the episode, it does that HBO thing where they interview, um, 
you know, the writers and director and some of the actors and stuff. Yeah. Um, which it shines a little bit more light on maybe some of the more ambiguous things. Um, but the, the woman that plays Holly is British. That was the most shocking Come thing on. I found out. They're stealing our jobs. They're, I, they're taking our jobs. Oh, my God. You're kidding. You know? Yeah. So. Um, and I think that is it, Dan. Unless I like I'm, I like Holly having a scratch. Anything. Not even yeah. in like a. Because, like, I don't know, Okuko's a friggin' metaphor, right? He's, like, a trauma sure. monster. And, like, oh, yeah. she is forever changed by this. She lost. Yeah. She loved and lost. Oh, she, absolutely. It's, so it's, like, whether El Cuco lives or not, El Cuco lives mm-hmm. because El Cuco is all of us. And I kind of... <laughs> are El Cuco. I like Los the... Cucos. <laughs> I do like the fact that, like... Like sort of the the lesson and like the I think the thing that's hard. It's weird because it's like there's this like unifying explanation for what happened within the show, right? It's like there's a yeah. monster, a shape shifting monster, but still, the truth, the logic of how it operates, is like mm-hmm. the thing that is hard for everybody to confront, which is that it just happens like cruelly and at random and like. In this, like, animal, like, machine-like way where it just needs to keep perpetuating. Right. I mean, that's, like... And I think that's... There are... Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Well, I mean, that's, like... I think that's just the thing Ralph can't confront about his son's death also, right? It's just, like, this cold, uncaring universe kind of thing. Right. Yeah. What were you going to say? Um, oh, well, now you know I forgot what I was going to oh, say. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. It's okay. I'm sure it was not It was not important. Um, all right. Is there anything else you want to talk about in, within the show before we get to um, the... Uh, oh, well, you took the, my transition away from me. I was going to say, well, there's one thing I'd like to talk about. I'd like to talk about what hurt my parts. <laughs> oh, that hurts my parts. What hurt your parts? I'm I'm kind of hard pressed to think of what hurt my parts. Yeah, I. So I tried. Um, I actually I took I took a pretty good amount of notes on this the back half of this uh season here mm-hmm. and while i was doing it i was like really trying to like lock in what i didn't like because as the end was approaching i was like oh man i don't know if there's anything really about that this show that i did not like yeah um i i could the only thing i could really come up with was like that flashback in the cave yeah. maybe went on for a little too long. That's what I, that's a fuck. That's exactly what I was going to say is like, I understand the importance of that because it explains yeah. how we end up at this cave. But I also right. think like, it would have been sufficient to be like, he liked the dark. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I mean, like I like having talked about it with you now, I like the aspect of like, Oh, well this misery, um, happened within the town like the town experienced this huge loss yeah right it like Um, it ruined the town like everybody's family was affected by it families and like seal says he's like 
you don't like most people in this town don't know about that because most people left after that. Like, right. Yeah, exactly. So, right. So like I, the importance of that, the cave, you know, scenes and whatever, I totally get that. I just think it went on a little too long. It was like intercut throughout the entire episode. And I thought it like, like I said, like I thought it was going to lead to like much more of a, a, just a bigger payoff and not just like, Oh, this is, you know, this is backstory of the cave mm-hmm. and why the cave is just misery nonstop. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but yeah, it, it felt belabored and like the payoff was not great. Yeah. It wasn't as great. Yes. Um, so our parts, all right, barely nary a scratch on these parts. I got to say, thank God parts unscathed. No, we don't, we, Oh, what we if definitely you, don't want any scratches? If El Cuco on. scratch your penis, does he just turn into a big, Hog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the El Cuco promise. <laughs> Shining moments. Uh, Let's do it. Danny! Shining moments. Hey, here we have the opposite problem. How do you pick one? How do you pick one? I moment? know. Um. Fuck, man. Uh, so. Again, I wrote down like a couple things here. Um, I don't know if there's anything you want to like just jump on uh, right off the bat. I think the the sniper scene is just like it's it's so, so good. fucking it's good so in- and it only intense. It's man. so intense, like in in that like as an exercise in just like suspense, right? It works right. in and of itself. But the reason it pays off so well is because up to that point, the show's done such a good job with character building. Yes. Not just right. You care about all these. You do. You care about you care about all of them. They are all like pretty fleshed out. Like you have a sense of like their motivations, except for maybe Sablo. I felt like he was kind of thin. Yeah. I I definitely thought Sablo was going to die. Um in that shootout, I was kind of surprised that he didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember? I did make. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, do you remember in the last episode when um, I think he said it about Andy? You were like, he seems like a guy who's going to die. And you were right, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You had no yeah, idea yeah. how right you were. I uh, know. I actually, before the, the shootout, when they were just like driving out there, um, I, I just I rattled off like I just wrote down like a quick list of everybody that I thought was gonna die. Yeah. Um Yeah, who'd you, know, you have? It's just like <laughs> who who was in your uh your deadpool there. Yeah. You took the under, <laughs> oh. I'm sure. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you um, cover the spread? <laughs> uh the Holly's boyfriend, the lawyer. I, I thought both brothers and and I thought that uh uh why can't I remember the guy's name? Sablo. I thought Sablo was going to die as well. I um, was pretty confident Claude wouldn't die because I thought maybe we'd get a, uh, what are you talking about? I'm the real Claude. Shoot him. Uh, well, I, yes, <laughs> yes. I definitely thought that that ending where like after all the chaos had settled or whatever, and like they went up to Claude and he was like, oh, rock fell on my leg or something. Yeah. Uh, I thought that they, which like, I, I, you know, again, haven't read, gotten to the book. I don't know if this is in that there, but the the part where 
uh, El Cuco transforms, like you know, his face and everything, I almost felt like that was to tell the viewing audience this is definitely El Cuco. The real Claude is actually outside. Yeah, you know, I think so. Otherwise, it might get a little confusing. Yeah, yeah, no real reason to uh, do that. Otherwise, yeah. Um. So yeah, I had the shootout. Um. Uh, I really I liked. Uh. uh th- I I really liked the ending after El Cuco, like the whole thing. Everything basically leading up to the ending, right, is Ralph um, trying to make sense of all of this stuff in a logical way. Mm-hmm. Hold on, Gizmo, I'm I'm wrapping this up. Um, he's trying to make sense of this in a rational sort of way. So, like when he goes down there and like he knows that this is a supernatural thing and whatever, and he kills it, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe not, but. I don't know. The that's not a satisfying conclusion for Ralph. Right. Ralph is still a detective. Um, he still, even though this guy, this El Cuco, isn't going to be brought to justice, um, he still wants to get justice for Terry. Mm-hmm. Like he's still concerned with like real world things, right? So the actual like satisfaction that he gets is is at the end when Terry's name is clear. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. So I just really like that part. I agree. I think it's good. Um. All right, you want to do some tropes? I got a few of them. Let's do it. Let's do it. King tropes. King tropes. If you said it before, you just say so. We'll add it to our running list of king tropes. Whether all the children always evil. What's so many one letter for people? He wanted to. Why are all the children always evil? He wanted to. What's so many one letter for people? He wanted to. Was there always gonna be a greaser? He wanted to. You just need to trust this guy's go to bloodline device. I drive a great distance just to die. Just to die. King Trump's King tropes. So I got I got a few here. Hit me. Well, let's start with the one in the song, right? Driving a great distance just to die. It happens a lot. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> happens quite does. a bit. Um, <laughs> uh, what's what's more than a trope at this point? Uh, a law? Yeah, <laughs> like a so. law of nature. King's law. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, um, so that's a yep, that's a given. Um, yep. Saying you're not going to participate in the monster hunt with the other protagonists, but then showing up later. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, and then more fundamentally, of course, forming like a mystery ink style gang of monster hunters with the other protagonists. Right. Um, I have a town tragedy lost to time, which creates an ideal home for a monster. Salem's lot. <laughs> Salem. <laughs> That's good. Man. Um forming a posse to save a missing kid and everyone dies. Uh <laughs> of course you know I'm thinking of Silver Bullet. Right. Uh-huh. Um hallucinated dead mother. Oh yeah. That's a, that's a lot of that. Yeah, I can't even think of a specific example, but that just like there's a I mean, we could even say hallucinated dead relative and go with um Who's the one who has like the spina bifida or whatever? Yeah, yeah, pet cemetery. Pet cemetery. There we go. Um, yeah. I 
I, I I found a lot of like sort of parallels between this and it. Yes. Um, yeah. So right. Yes. I so like the 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 ragtag kind of group um, that comes together to fight like this ancient evil mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, you know, descending down into a cave for to sure. Fight it for sure. <laughs> Um, um, I think yep, specifically something that feeds on not suffer, not fear, but like suffering, yeah. uh, feels adjacent. Certainly. Um, also sure. like vampire who feasts on the suffering of children is basically Rose the hat. Oh yeah. Also. So Definitely. a lot of that, uh, speaking of Rose, the hat ambush in the woods. Oh yeah. That <laughs> that's. Yeah, very yeah, Doctor we, Sleepy. Yeah, we just saw one of those. Yeah. Yep. Um, um, here I got a good one yep. for you. You ready? Yep. Nice relationship between a detective and his wife. <laughs> what is that from? That would be misery. Oh, I guess yeah, he's yeah. more of like a sheriff, probably. But no, but they have a nice relationship. Yeah, the two yeah. of them. Um, speaking of detectives, though, mushmouthed mm-hmm. detectives. <laughs> you know, you know, I'm thinking of what's his name? The hand, uh-huh. hand of glory. <laughs> hand of glory. <laughs> uh, hey, here's one. And mm-hmm. this is maybe kind of a kind of a stretch, but dark halves. What is this? Just like uh, an evil doppelganger. Yeah. Evil doppelganger. That's a good one. Definitely. And then. I, uh, oh, here, here's yeah. a very specific one. This is another okay. Salem's lot for you. Ready? Okay. Yeah. Death of matriarch after death of child slash death of family with patriarch last standing. Uh-huh. <laughs> the, uh, those, um, the Glick, the Glick boys, boys, right? That's right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, I have, uh, the number 27. Um, it, oh, yes. Uh, Another it parallel. The, yes. It, it. Pennywise comes back every 27 years. Uh, this creature feeds every 27 days. Um, seemed very, uh, you know, specific. I wonder what's up with that. I don't know. He likes 19. Uh, he likes 27. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, that's it. I think it, you, uh, you said a couple that I had, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that, this is, I mean, I I, re- I love this fucking show. I thought it was great. I agree. Um, this is also though what happens when you've written fifty seven or fifty eight books is that there might be some overlap. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not a bad thing. Like these are just devices, no. and yeah, it, they it works. It all works <laughs> it all, really fucking. And well. that's the thing. Like it it doesn't always work. So it's not just like. I don't think it's as simple as just like pressing a button. You still have to like no. construct the story around it. You need to make it pay off when it happens. Totally. Um, so yeah, no shade, All no right. shade here. No, no. Does this bring us to our not no longer penultimate segment? Yes, okay. it does. This is where was Slimer. It's all over that hay. All over the hay and those jeans. That chair, that chair. He got he got so much slime on that chair that poor Mayor Winningham had to burn it. 
She had to burn that chair in the backyard. <laughs> I love it. Ralph is like, uh, we're short a chair. And, and she's like, yeah, I am getting rid yes, of it. I don't I want, don't want it. I don't want, <laughs> I don't want to keep the chair that El Cuco sat in when he came to visit me to tell me something bad was going to happen. <laughs> right. She's like, I, I've already, it's out in the garage. I'm going to put it out there on garbage day. And I've already ordered a new chair. Yeah, I so. like that. She says, unless you want to drive it to the dump today, that's cool too. Right. Just really not not giving him a, a moment to think about it. No, 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 no. Uh, yeah, that was that was very good. Yeah, and that um, was. So yeah, this where was Slimer? Shows slimy as hell. It truly is, uh, and this is going to bring us to our penultimate segment. Um, what's it called? I am DB. I am DB. Sorry, there's a gigantic ad on IMDb that I got distracted because I could not see anything. It was just a gigantic advertisement. Anyway. Is it one of the uh, it, websites just do that now where it's like, oh, you've opened our website? Here, let me take up 75% of the screen with an ad that you do not care about <laughs> that will not register. And it was weird. There was like a collapse expand button in the corner. But when I clicked it, it stayed the same size. It just like it would act like nice. it was going to collapse, like something would happen. But then it would just start playing a video that I didn't want to watch. Yeah. Anyway, this is IMDb where we compare our opinion of the movie against the weighted average user score on imdb.com. Robbie, mm-hmm. 87,000. I'm trying Whoa. to find the exact number here. I can't. Where is it? All right, we're just going to have to say 87,000 souls. Okay. Rated this slot. They weighed in, they logged on to imdb.com. 87,050. Really? <laughs> yeah. Where why am I not seeing that? My goodness. Did you um did you click on the uh, IMDb rating? Did I click on the IMDb rating? Let me think about this. Uh well, yeah, I've only been doing this for f- 20 friggin' years. Mm, I don't know. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yep, uh, go on. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. 87,050 souls yep. logged on at imdb.com to uh give their opinion of the outsider and they awarded it a weighted average user score of 7.7 7 out of 10 stars rob mm-hmm. thoughts too low too I'm low giving it a, nine. a nine nine wow you heard me i can't do that that's fucked up, dude. I can't. I couldn't possibly. I couldn't. 8.5. I have a fear of commitment. 8.5. Yeah. Sorry, dude. You're just going to have to live with Sorry, that. Sorry, dude. Yeah. You're, you're fucking. You're going to be out on a limb by yourself, brother, because I'm not going there with you. Yeah. I'm going to let them. Uh, they can come for your head in the comments. Not me. Playing it safe. 8.5. 8. No, I was no, going to say I, flat eight. Um, yeah. It's very good. I just like. I don't know. Didn't quite hit as hard for me for some reason. I guess I'm more well, of a Harvey's really Dream type I, of guy. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I feel like, you know, you, we sort of talked about this very thing at the beginning where I said this show fucks and you were like, I just really like yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of <laughs> it. it the, I mean, like, 
again, grading on a curve though, like in right. in the context of this show and stuff we've watched recently, holy shit, yeah. it's head and shoulders above the competition. Yeah, this it's not HBO, baby. It's it's, it's, not it's TV. TV. It's HBO. <laughs> it's not HBO. It's TV. <laughs> it's TV. It's TV. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I just that yeah, should be I like the, the CW's like like slogan. It's not HBO. It's, not it's HBO, the CW. It's TV. <laughs> <laughs> and then Archie uh-huh. starts playing Riverdale. Yeah. Um, well, that feels right. good. Yeah, I mean, it's a great show. Whatever number you want to ascribe to it. No, it's a great, a great show. show. We love it here. Yeah. And I guess with that in mind, we can mosey on over to our final segment. Show's over. Show's over. Show's over. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much for listening to the program as always. Rob. Dan. Uh, I want I want to go eat a snack. <laughs> Yeah, I gotta go eat dinner. Yeah. Reminder: uh, if you've if you've listened to this whole thing, you probably want to go to the Patreon, Patreon.com/slash KingMePod. Get weekly bonus content. You get to hear us talk about the book, The Outsider. Yeah, heard of it? <laughs> and it's a pretty rousing discussion. Terrence. Yeah. No. It, the yeah. Every Tuesday, you you get a new episode of something. We mix it up on Tuesdays, mm-hmm. and then every other Friday, we'll, we're we're talking uh, some sort of genre film. Yes, um, we just recorded and released last week Puss in Boots. Yes, sometimes the genre so, is f- for babies. That's the genre for babies. Right. right, for babies, <laughs> and sometimes those those movies for babies. Uh, we like yeah, they get you much. right between the nipples there, right in the old heart. <laughs> That's uh, got me right in the, got, right between oh, the nipples. Yeah, <laughs> squared me up, got me right between the dinner plates. Uh, all all right. right, until next time. I am Dan. I I am also Dan. <gasps> ah, Stephen King. <laughs> Stephen King. <laughs> <laughs>